What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 63 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my co-host and producer of this show, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I missed this. It's been it's been too long. Uh, <laughs> so I, why uh, we, yeah. Yeah, so why don't we talk about why we missed last week, actually? So uh, the Muslims have decided that they want to do their holidays by the lunar uh, schedule. And very well knowing that Tuesday was likely going to be the day last week, I kind of waited till the very last second before realizing, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to be able to record because I'm going to be hanging out with family. And so what turned out, what started as, uh, as I'm, okay, we're going to go to morning prayer, we're going to go to my parents, then we're going to my cousins, and Emily was like, yeah, but then we're going to my parents at night. And I'm like, what time? And she's like, I'm going to leave from 6 from Central Jersey, get to my parents at 7. And I was like, so you think we'll make it home by like 8.30? And she's like, we're not spending an hour and a half at my parents. And I was like, okay, we, we can't do it. I was like, I can't do Tuesday. Um, and I think we we talked about possibly doing it Friday that week, but it just it felt like we were forcing something. And so yeah. we pushed it back. And now this week it's Wednesday. It's not Tuesday. And uh, was, uh, it, there's weddings happening in uh, Maliha's family. And so people are in town. Uh, people are throwing last minute events. Uh, it's, our schedule is nuts. Our Google Calendar, to keep, we have a Google Calendar keeping track of everything. And so um, as the week goes by, or as last week went by, people are like, hey, what are you doing Tuesday night? And I looked at Maliha and I'm like, podcast podcast and she's like she's like we're free and, she, and they're like okay we'll come over to this and we're throwing a dinner uh we're it's a celebration for our daughter um for doing this and i was like and she's like i was like so you can go right i, I can i can stay and she's like she's like i'm not telling people you're sitting at home doing a podcast <laughs> and i was like and then and then for next week um next week she has her cousins from canada who I haven't seen in three years uh at this point um because covid everything into a disarray they're planning on coming over and i was like why can't we have them over on wednesday and she's like well we have this on one like she's like because they have something else on a wednesday and i was like uh so long story short uh this week next week on wednesday hopefully after that back to our regularly um appointed schedule of tuesdays um i say that full well knowing that week that we go back to tuesday is also the due date week for my wife <laughs> But uh, I've, uh, Christian reached out to me, Christian who's done a lot for the site, um, we're making him entertainment editor, so uh, he expressed interest on coming onto the Gamecast, so we might have him at, uh, filling in for me while I take over for any new baby duties uh, and any other guests. Um, Rob's got final call on who gets the second seat, the co-host position, so um, Christian, yeah. you're in the hot seat. Yeah, no, we're going to figure all that stuff out. And Bilal is going to show me a little bit about how to keep this running uh, behind the scenes. What that basically means is don't expect all the nice transitions and stuff like that that you get now. Expect basically, if you're watching it live, the screen you're getting right now all the time because there's no way. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, actually. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to transition as, as smoothly as at least the pre half of the stream will still be here uh, yeah. for the weeks I'm gone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and we'll see. We'll, we'll make it work. I mean, I think we do want to. We what? I also want to see just see how Wednesday nights feel as well, yeah. right? Because there's nothing committing us to 
Tuesday nights necessarily. And actually, uh, if this feels good, you know, maybe we'll switch over to Wednesday. So there's been plenty of times where we've done the podcast on Tuesday and then literally Wednesday morning news has broken. I've been like, <laughs> like, gotta wait a week uh, to just talk about old yep. shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like the news cycle moves fast. Like, you know, you know, two weeks ago, the Activision Blizzard, uh, California, that might have been last week. Uh, yeah, like that broke and there's been three, four more stories coming out of that have been even worse and we'll talk about that much later, but there's a lot, like the news cycle is fast and it's brutal if you're uh, a California video game company at this point. (laughs) I mean, the news cycle is also only getting faster because we're getting to, I mean, granted things are a little bit different this year still because of the pandemic, but we are getting to that fall time frame where big releases are coming out to the hype for those and and more announcements. I mean, it's only going to get faster as we go along, right? There's gonna be yeah. more and more news. And so figuring out the best day when to to do this and actually have it make sense and still be relevant. Um, yeah. my, you know, my only problem, the one reason I like doing it on Tuesday th- Tuesdays though, is that a lot of the other podcasts I listen to each week, they usually release uh, on Wednesday mornings, right? They record on like Tuesdays, they release on Wednesdays. So I haven't listened to them yet to kind of, you know, um, taint my opinions and my views on the news stories or get other people's perspectives for the most part. Uh, And it's funny because a lot of times, and it actually makes me feel kind of proud about our podcast because there are times where the next day after recording, I'll listen to, you know, some of the bigger podcast, video game podcasts out there. And their takes, at least some of their takes are right on with what we're saying, what we're talking about and stuff like that. It also makes me realize just how much I'm influenced by all these different podcasts and how that affects my style of podcasting. And even some of the phrases I use are like Frankenstein together from other people's phrases that I've heard for the past, <laughs> you know, 15 years or whatever yeah. it is. And I mean, so, yeah, so we'll see what, what, what happens going forward. The one thing I do want to say is that us having to reschedule last week, not the end of the world and not the biggest deal of missing one week because we are back and committed to doing this. Uh, the one thing I wish is I wish we had communicated it out. Yeah. Uh, better. That's, my, that's, that's my fault. <laughs> I mean, that's, no, that's, I mean, that's both of us, yeah. right? We have to be better about that and about getting our socials just updated in time. And I should have, uh, I probably should have just stepped up and, and done one last week and found a replacement co-host. Even if it was last minute, I still should have been able to do that. I was just nervous, like I said, about the actual production of the show, considering where it is now to uh, where it was in the past when I've done this without you. And so I kind of just want to learn the ropes and get a hand of that. So hopefully in the future, there won't be a situation where we miss a week because one of us isn't there. And if for some reason we do miss a week of podcast, we will communicate it out. So make sure you're following our socials and I will try to make up for it somehow with, you know, maybe just a game stream or something like that, that same night that we would normally be recording the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and uh, I think I'll spend some time this week updating the Twitch schedule, things like that on our profile. So we have it more consistent. There's a lot out there. And uh, I think you actually had some fun time like you had a good time last night with your great ace attorney oh my, chronicles oh my god stream. all right so uh, let's uh, just... so, so i think we both did streams by ourselves <laughs> and we both i think we both ran into technical issues that we weren't expecting okay um, yeah you want so, to talk about yours first and then i'll yeah. get into mine because i feel like mine is way more embarrassing 
Yeah, it's, and I'll, I'll talk more about the games when we get to uh, what we've been playing. But like, I did an yeah. F1 2021 stream. Uh, Angie, who's in the chat, joined me for it uh, halfway through after I did uh, showed off some of the campaign. So this is, like, I think, the first PC intensive game I've actually streamed. I think yeah, most of the stuff we've been doing has been off the console using the Elgados. And so what I didn't realize was because uh, Streamlabs wasn't showing it to me in Streamlabs everything looked fine but the actual Twitch stream was just a chuggy nightmare for anybody watching like I went back and watched some, some of it and I was like I feel sick I don't know how people actually stayed like it was nice because there's people talking to me uh, in the chat having like a great conversation but nobody mentioned like uh, until like so I think someone random popped into the stream uh, they were like hey the stream's kind of chuggy <laughs> and, then, and then I tried fixing it from there but uh, now I know why people are streaming PCs, and uh, that might be in the future plans, depending on yeah, a, if I a get dual, source parts. A dual, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dual PC setup. Yeah, yeah. No, or, I just watch buy, or just buy stuff for consoles and, and because it's easier and less uh, PC intensive. I watched that stream as well, their F1 stream, for as much as I I could. I was I was busy that night doing other stuff, but you, at some point, because of the chugging, I. Mm -hmm just had to pit it down and just listen to you like i i couldn't yeah i was getting nauseous like watching it i i and don't so, blame anybody for that so yeah i think i think my, my rule of thumb is just stream games on consoles going forward and for the pc stuff I may, like hopefully by next year i have a i can put throw together something that will uh act as a streaming pc yeah it's funny i was thinking yeah. about it and i was wondering if because we have the capture cards, which does some of the heavy lifting, obviously not all of it, I was wondering if I could set my laptop up here and have that as like a streaming PC setup if I do, you know, PC gaming on, on the actual PC itself. The other thing I was thinking about is chances are there's not a ton of games I'm going to be doing uh, streaming from PC anyway, so it doesn't necessarily affect me. But some of the games that I could try out are also available on cloud streaming services. And so potentially just doing that and a window capture for yeah. whatever. We're getting a little bit into the weeds on, yeah. game, on game streaming and stuff like that. But it's also because we did have these two uh, nightmare scenarios. So actually, let's just go ahead. I'll talk about mine when I, when I get to it. Why don't you talk about uh, F1 and your thoughts on that as okay. well. Let's just go ahead and get into what we've been playing. Yeah, so F1 2021 was some, was, a game I've been looking at, I I have friends, NG who's in the chat, um, and who joined me for that stream for some co-op season. Uh, you, you know, we have a thread, we talked about Formula One, I got into it through the Drive to Survive Netflix series a few years back, and I, I've been watching the sport, like, I'm not even a car guy. So this year, I, I was like, like, you know what? Real quick, I feel like that series has turned a lot of people into F1 fans, because I didn't yeah. hear anybody talking about it before that. And yeah. now everybody seems to be up on it. It, 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 it. It's a fantastic, like, I don't want to go too much into the weeds of it, but it's like, mm -hmm. even if you're not a racing fan, just watch it. It It's less about the drivers and more about the, it, it's less about the racing itself. It's more about the drivers and the teams, learning, okay. learning the personalities behind it. And it just, it sucks you in. It's so, it's so well done. It's dramatized. Uh, to a certain degree, but if you if you haven't watched the season, it's great. It's entertaining. If you watch the season, you're like, but why? It really wasn't that dramatic, but okay, it makes for fun, entertaining TV. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. So I got my cousins into it and everything. So this was a year I was like, okay, I'm gonna get F1 2021. Uh, I'm gonna play it. I now understand why it, it 
why it's so hard to drive these F1 cars. You know, you know, you like you sit there watching, like, why is this guy stuck at driving this car? Like, why is he so bad? Uh, like, how can he, how can he spin out on this turn? Uh, and, and I get it now. Like the speed, the braking, your tire hits the curb at the wrong angle. It's a great simulation. It runs fantastic. It looks beautiful. The level of customization within the campaign is great. Like, uh, you get like a budget. You can spend it on different type of upgrades for your cars. Uh, so NG and I were doing a co-op campaign uh, in it, and we uh, we both were driving for this McLaren. Uh, we're driving for McLaren, and I decided to spend money on like an aero parts upgrade. And he's like, "Oh, like you're already spending money on upgrades, but like, your research can fail through it. But like if you get that upgrade, it benefits the team." And then, uh, depending on like whoever the better driver is throughout the season, you can get like, uh, you can get like the preferred packages or upgrades to, that the team get. Uh, so it's really neat, and you can play through the entire season uh, that way. Or uh, we had we did a qual we did qualifying in a race. Um, I beat Lewis Hamilton, who is like the best F one driver probably of all time, and so I took pole position uh, for that first race, and then immediately as we start that first lap of the race i spin out and i just take everyone out with me um i made a highlight of it somewhere on our twitch channel just check it out i was hysterically crying from laughter uh from the comedy of that scene uh if you're into racing games i highly recommend checking it out uh there's a ea has been doing those uh, sports campaign story modes where they give you like a fictional character uh so there's one uh for f1 2021 this year uh it brings you through they put you in different scenarios so it's like you'll drive you'll start off with in a race and they'll be like hey get to 11th within the next four laps uh so you you drive up you do that a cutscene will play and yet then you play out that rest of that story the rest of that race um really well done i it really gets that drive to survive um drama uh and so you know, if you're F1 fan or you just like race, like proper racing games in general, definitely check it out. And so you mentioned it being, you know, obviously it's a simulation racer. Does it have the options to kind of turn on and off assist to make it more semi, less semi? Yes, uh, it has an insane amount. So when NG and I were doing the uh, co-op season, his, I think, settings were like set to casual uh, all the way down. So his car couldn't even like leave the track. It was stuck on a line. And so when I got into my accident, he couldn't move his car off that line because he was like on super assist, essentially. And so he ended okay. up driving into me. <laughs> uh, so it was just it was just like one disaster after the next. Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can customize it. There's even an option to turn the AI's like difficulty up to 110%, which is just like, uh, which I've seen some of the actual professional F1 drivers uh, a tryout on like YouTube and real difficult, like very, very sim-like in that manner. And so, yeah, there, there's heavy customization options. Uh, I wish I had your steering wheel. Uh, I, if I did not have a baby coming in three weeks, I would have had a steering wheel here by now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how it, that's how it happens, man. Next thing you yeah. know, you have a steering wheel. Next thing you know, you're buying a a shifter next thing you know you're looking at like the full mounts that have the seat and stuff in it like that's what i'm doing right now is i'm looking at different mounts so that i can uh, have it set up a little bit nicer instead of just having it right now i have it clipped to like a tray table so one of the things ng uh 
pointed out to me on the stream was like one of our friends uh, from high school. He he has one of these uh, one like a fancy wheel. You can actually get like Ferrari wheels, like actual like um, motorsport wheels to use with your yeah. rig, and they have like crazy parts that you can tie into it. And I'm just like, it's super expensive, but I was like, one day, <laughs> one day when I'm yeah. rolling in lottery money <laughs> from a lottery, did it win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's my favorite yeah. phrase is one day when I hit the lottery that I never play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So that's F1 2021. Let's talk about the other, one of the other games you've been playing. Legend of Zelda blow up doll. Sorry. Skyward sword. <laughs> so I watched you, I watched you streaming this and that character design for Link is God awful. I don't know if it's oh. the character design or if it's the animation or it's just the way that this is upscaled. He looks like a blow-up doll. He looks dead behind the eyes. It is upsetting to me. N nothing you're saying is wrong here. It's a very beautiful game, but somewhere along the way, someone accidentally dragged the link underscore blow-up doll JPEG <laughs> in and left it there. Um, yeah, Skyward Sword... Uh, and I'm kind of upset because when I streamed it out, I streamed it out from the very beginning, and those first two hours of that game are boring. Uh, it starts off slow, it gets you into it, and then from there, it's it just takes off, and it's honestly been one of my favorite Zelda experiences to date. It, um, it you know, it's the upgraded version, uh, the HD version, as they call it, uh, Skyward Sword HD remake of uh, the Wii uh, game. It runs 1080p 60 uh, in docked, and even in handheld, it looks good. Uh, it's smooth. Like I, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from it. It handles so well that I would not mind if Nintendo did another Zelda game in this manner. Just like use that same art style, the same engine, whatever. It, it looks good. Like Breath of the Wild was thirty, not consistent at times. Like it, the frames would drop, but for Skyward Sword, it just looks and feels like I would like I want it to. Uh, it, playing in handheld, playing uh, docked um the so, motion yeah so yeah the, the so big, i was gonna say did you play this in the past or is this your first time coming to this game i i honestly did like an hour and a half of it on the wii uh and i, I didn't okay. play past that uh, it was just like uh borrowing it from a friend and i just yeah. never really got into the wii and just because it never looked great games never looked too well on the wii and right, I don't, yeah. i'm not really much of a graphics now but there's something about the wii where it was just like nah i'm <laughs> not feeling it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also, it's one of those things where you mentioned the first two hours being boring. And my understanding is that this game, unlike, you know, what we get now in Breath of the Wild, the first two hours or so is heavy tutorialized. It's mostly yes. just one big, long tutorial versus Breath of the Wild, where they don't give you anything tutorial-wise. You're just throwing yeah. in there. And so I could see people falling off if they only, you know, play it a little bit, especially if they're borrowing it, right? There's no commitment to kind of stick with it. Exactly. And so... But you said that you are enjoying it, and you mentioned you played it with both controls, I'm assuming? Yeah, so I when I did the stream, I did motion controls, and everything was going great until I had to fly the bird that I got. And as soon as I tried flying the bird with motion controls, I would just, like, skydive right into the, the ground, and I could not get it to fly up no matter what I tried. So I switched over to uh, just button controls from there, and it worked fine. Uh, so I've been playing this with... Uh, I've been playing it mostly just uh, button controls with a pro controller or handheld since. 
and it's been great. It's uh, they, they mapped the sword. So the entire thing with Skyward Sword is on the Wii, you had the motion plus plus attachment, which did like the one to one sword movement with the Wii remote. And so you enemies are designed in a manner where you can like slash that. Yeah, <laughs> quotes there. You yeah. can slash um, enemies depending on like how they're holding their shield or their weapon. So you know. If yeah. A, so the attacks are angle angle yeah. based. Yeah, so the Buckhoblin's holding a sword up top. You could swipe from the bottom or swipe low and uh, attack him that way. Uh, or like a spider's claw is open like at an angle. You slash at that angle. Uh, so they mapped all that to the right stick, which is fine, except the part that it, when you're playing with motion controls, the right analog stick lets you free control the camera, like in most modern games. But, yeah. on, but when you're playing with uh, button controls, you have to hold down the L button in order to um, in order to move the camera around to the right stick. Otherwise, the right stick is default to um, the uh, the sword. And so it, 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 at times it feels like you're fighting the uh, the camera controls. So if they ever do a sequel, ditch these motion controls. Just give us hack and slash. Yeah. Uh, right. 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 Yeah. And because that works, or give me a Zelda Dark Souls <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but like yeah, you're the, getting the, it in the form of Tunic soon. So yes, yes, I am. But like the the game is like it's very dungeon like in its manner. You arrive at a place, you figure out how to get to the dungeon, and then once you get to the dungeon, you do the dungeon itself and uh, beat the boss, and then rinse and repeat for different areas. Uh, I mean, that is it, one of the things that I've always heard is that the one saving grace of that game is that the dungeon design is really well done. It, it's it's so much fun, and it's it, there's something about like you get to a new area, you finally get to that dungeon, and you're like, okay, I'll stop here. But then you're like, just just, just let me just do this dungeon, and you do the dungeon, and you're just like, well, let me just do this next part. And so it's just like, give me a bit more, give me a bit more. That's all. That's always there, and it always feel it just feels good. Um, the only reason I have not beaten this game is because of Pokemon Unite. <laughs> Okay, let's hold off. Let's hold yeah. off on, on talking about that because that we'll talk about together since that's the one game that we both played. Yeah. And I can transition from there. Let's get into what you've been tweeting about for the past few days. Uh, I was uh, very caught off guard when I saw you start. Yeah, because I'm a monster. Um, yeah, so wait, um, final recommendation if you haven't played Skyward Sword before, definitely grab it on the Switch uh, if you're a fan of Zelda games can't go wrong it, it it's a great time it's a lot i think it's a pretty long game i've already put like 20 hour 20 plus hours into it and i, I i'm still enjoying it i can't wait to get back into it uh the other thing that has stopped me from playing skyward sword is this need or desire to get back into an mmo that i stopped playing a year ago just because i needed a break from it um which was final fantasy 14. so you are uh, such a Final Fantasy mark. It is insane. It is. Uh, like, I kid you not. It is one of the best Final Fantasies I've ever played. Um, I mean, I hear it, nothing but good things since they did that uh, yeah. relaunch of it. So, but, but the problem, I, I, I don't doubt that it's good. The problem is, like, you need uh, the the, the base game is fine. It is generic MMO. It is world building, and it takes like 80 to 100 hours to get to the end of it. Uh, and once you do get to the end of like the base, so there's getting to end of the base game, which is like, it's called 2.0. Um, so every major expansion has like a number increase. So 
uh, A Realm Reborn, which is the base game, is 2.0. Heavensward is 3.0. Uh, Stormblood and then Shadowbringers and then Endwalker later uh, this year, which releases the uh, last expansion in this story. Um, and so playing through 2.0 is long. That was the base game when they re-released Final Fantasy fourteen after the terrible start. Um, it is a bit of a slog. They did like... Uh, and they went back, they updated it, they took out a lot of the fetch quests, they streamlined as much of it as they could. Uh, so, you do, as you somebody, do that. Sorry, yeah. real quick, as somebody who hasn't played this, and actually I haven't yeah. played any MMO really, I dabbled a little bit with DC Universe, and then I also played that Marvel Diablo style MMO. That uh, oh, What was the name of it? Marvel Diablo style MMO. Yeah, it was like a top-down action. Oh, oh, god! Marvel Heroes. It, yes, 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 yes. I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, th but, I think you were you but, were one of the few people I knew that actually played that and like had yeah. a giant collection of characters, and then they unceremoniously I had a shut decent it down. collection, decent collection. But yes, uh, so I'm not. I'm very much still green when it comes to MMOs. What's the combat like in this one I'm, in particular? I'm, I mean, I've been playing as a healer, so I, uh, I always play as a healer. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's button presses. Like, you press your buttons, you have your skill roto rotations on numbers, and you work your way through. Um, okay. I, so I it is kind of standard MMO fare. Standard MMO. Because the reason I ask is because what I've been actually watching a little bit of lately is, is uh, New World. Have you seen any of those streams? I, I haven't outside. Of, uh, yeah, I, I haven't followed much of that. Okay, yeah, and that implements more of a real-time action-focused combat system where almost, although not quite, but Dark Souls-esque with a roll and, and, and uh, some actual dodging and stuff like that. How, how are you going to say Dark Souls-esque MMO <laughs> to me uh, when I have a kid on? <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry, Malia. That's, I'm not even, I'm not apologizing to you. I apologize to your wife. Uh, I anyway, have to but check that so, one out. <laughs> so you finished the Heaven's Word so, expansion. I finished Heaven's Word, which was the first expansion. Um, okay. And that was amazing. Everyone talks about <laughs> Heaven's Word being this great story experience, a great beginning and end. I think it was like 40 hours for that main campaign. And the way it works is like you have you have the expansion release. So there's a Realm Reborn, you have Heaven's Word, which is like, a good chunk of content. Uh, Realm Reborn is probably like 80 hours of quests or whatnot uh, to do. Heaven's Word, probably 40. And then there's like the post-patch post release. And so I think one of my biggest problems with video games in general is when you beat a game, they just rush you an ending. Um, it's just like you beat Gears of War 3 and then you get like a scene where Anya walks up to Marcus is like, what do we have uh, to look forward to? And like Marcus is like, tomorrow. And it's just credits. like what happens to the world what happens to society things like that and i and, and that upsets me uh because i really want to know more and so what final fantasy 14 does is like you do you do like the 3.0 update for heaven's word you have a villain you, you're figuring out the conflict you get through it you beat that final boss and that ends it you, you get credits and then you get 3.1, which then continues the story of Heaven's Word up to like 3.5. Uh, so you get like five major updates uh, that will then continue on that story, expanding on it and giving you that epilogue. And like the thing about Final Fantasy XIV that I really like is like it takes into mind like in 2.0, you take down the evil empire and 
Um, so what happens to that city? What happens to the refugees uh, that that empire left in its wake? Uh, what happens to the political structure, uh, the power, the power gaps that built up? It's like it's things that video games don't normally talk about uh, that Final Fantasy 14 does. And it, it's very dialogue heavy. There's some like there are two cutscenes at the end of Final, the base game for Final Fantasy 14 where they're like, you're about to sit through a very long <laughs> cutscene. Like ninety minutes long. Uh, okay. Do you want Do you want to continue this right now? And you're like, mm, no. Okay, I'll come back when I have time. And it, it's amazing. It's like watching a, a movie uh, like that you earned at the end of it. So, yeah, Heaven's Word was amazing. I'm now working on the post game content for that. Hope, hoping to get through Stormblood and Shadowbringers. I don't know when, but it, it, it's something short and sweet. You can do like a quest there, quest there, really quick. Um, make your way through it. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's not it, short and it's not short and sweet. Did you no, just say it's like it, I mean, forty I, hours? I, I, <laughs> but I something you can drop in and drop out. Yeah, is what yeah, you like, yeah, like yeah, like the post game <laughs> stuff uh, for Heavensward. Uh, look online; they said it should take me twenty hours with the cutscenes and everything. Uh, so, so be it. Like twenty hours, I can make find an hour or two throughout the week, uh, get through that somehow, uh, somewhere uh, along the way. It just doesn't help that there's so many good games coming out in July, and it really makes me angry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, this week has just been absolutely brutal in that regard. All right, before we talk about the game we've both been playing, I see you have listed on here uh, something else game adjacent. I'm scared to ask about this because I feel like I'm going to be very mad and very jealous. So what's up with the new egg shuffle? OK, uh, so last week, uh, NG, who was in the chat, and I think he's mentioned that he just got himself a 3090. He woke up and went to Micro Center because Micro Center apparently has this thing where if you wake up in the morning and you go to their door, you can scan a QR code if they have any cards available and you get entered into this essentially like a lottery system. So he went one morning, he got a 3090. He like managed to get it and he's like, it, he's like, it's so expensive. Should I get it? We're like, you've been, uh, he has a 770 by the way. So he's, oh, he's okay. been so needing, he's, he's, he's yeah, been needing, he's, he's, he's been needing it bad. And, and like, yeah. he's like, he's like, I won. And he's like, should I get it? It's expensive. We're like, we're like, dude, just get it. You're fine financially. Like, right. I, I, yes. It's like, I'm like, you've earned it. Get it. So he got it. He bought all his PC parts. So he's excited. Later that day, my cousin texts me going, I just got myself a Series X. I'm ready for Halo later. And I was like, I was like, what is happening? And then our other buddy in that chat goes like, I just won the new, new egg shuffle. I just got a 3080 Ti. And I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't play in the new egg shuffle today. So I'm like, everyone's winning these lotteries. I'm really upset. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm, 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 I'm like the, I'm like the, uh, the girl that just doesn't get engaged. That's been dating her boyfriend for ten years, and all her friends are getting engaged. I'm like, where's my ring? Um, no, I'm, hey, listen, I'm there with you. As far as new egg yeah. shuffle is concerned, I mean, it's funny. I'm glad you actually know someone who's actually won. Because for the longest time, I was starting to think that it was just a hoax. Like the whole concept was uh a facade because i've entered so many of these do egg shuffles um, and haven't won a single one so that next day i woke up oh my god i clicked a bunch of stuff and i took a nap and i woke up from that nap and i won something <laughs> oh my god what did you win ooh, ooh. <laughs> that 3080 ti <laughs> oh no i mean hey I'm very happy for you, and I sincerely mean that. And so, 
<laughs> I guess it's still just me clicking that, you know, confirm I'll, I'll, to I'll, enter button. I'll, I'll, I'll keep trying for you. <laughs> but yeah. The funny thing is, I don't even want it. It's not even that I want it for myself because I don't. Yeah. I actually want it for my son because he's kind of due for an upgrade. Yeah. He's got like a... 980 ti in his so it's yeah, not that it's he's not bad. Yeah, yeah yeah he's not crazy behind uh but i recently replaced everything else in his computer mm -hmm. and so for me just because of the way my broken brain works it feels kind of silly to not also upgrade that when i can and so yeah no but for, i don't for, think i want to get him a 3080 ti so yeah no um, I, yeah for me it's like i have this beautiful 4k tv the the card I currently have, the 2080 Ti, does 4K well for most games, but like when it comes to the high-end stuff, it gets a bit tricky. Where it's like, okay, I'm I'm just I just have a problem where I like max settings for everything. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, yeah, of course, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's it's just like it looks so nice, and I have this TV where everything will look nice, and so yeah. I'm just hoping at um you know th th this should be it, like this should be it for the next 20 years for me <laughs> at this point. My right. my son will inherit this desktop <laughs> and just be like, be like it and he'd be like it doesn't do holograms, Dad, and I'd be like, but it does 4K 60. <laughs> yeah. So are you swapping the? 3080 for that 2080 yeah and the idea is to take the 2080 and then use that in the streaming pc because yeah why not <laughs> at this yeah point. right no yeah exactly yeah so it, it'll just it'll be a slow side project maybe i'll ask people building pcs to slowly give me their old parts i know ng has uh mentioned <laughs> to me that he'll uh give me his old case uh, and so I'm like, okay, two, two parts together. And now I just need to find some RAM, a motherboard, and uh, <laughs> everything else to get this all built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and talk about what we've already teased for long enough. Pokemon Unite. Another MOBA for me to get extremely upset at and angry and overreact about. Bilal, what are your uh, thoughts on Pokemon Unite? First off, actually, let me let me get it out of the way. So Pokemon Unite, mm -hmm. for those who don't know, is a free-to-play game released on the Nintendo Switch, later coming to mobile, and mm -hmm. it is a Pokemon MOBA. So similar to League of Legends and Smite, which you've heard on this podcast numerous times. The difference here, though, is in those games, you are pushing AI minions up a lane and trying to take out towers. Well, and Pokemon Unite, the focus is actually on these neutral minions, AI minions that you are attacking and then I guess capturing in these Pokeballs, which give you these ion balls. And then you, when you collect them, you can then take them to an opponent's goal to dunk them, right? And depending on how many you're holding, it takes a little bit more time. And there's some more nuance to the game with larger uh, neutral AI minions that you can destroy that make it easier or faster to dunk those points. That's the basic premise. And of course, there are different Pokemon and the Pokemon fit into your normal archetypes as far as MOBA is concerned. You have your support and healers, you have your tanks, you have your range damage dealers, you have your speedsters, which are essentially your, your jungle or assassin, depending on your MOBA of choice. With that out of the way, Bilal, what are your thoughts? How long have you played so far? I've played more than I would like to admit. Um, I okay. even started playing ranked. Yeah, I started playing ranked too. Uh, uh, that's, a, uh, that, we... that's a nightmare. Because I will say the one thing about this game, unlike other free-to-play 
MOBAs. And while it's not as dramatic as it is probably being made to seem online mm -hmm. in some places, but there is an aspect of pay to win in this particular game because instead of having an in-game shop that you buy items to upgrade throughout each match, you have these like held items that you bring in there with you and you can upgrade those held items and they have passive bonuses like increased attack speed, increased critical damage, lifesteal. And so you can spend actual real life money to get these items early and to then upgrade them. And so there is a little bit of pay to win in that regard. Yeah, and, and at first I was like, okay, this is fine. But I remember like League of Legends had that rune system um, back in yeah. the day uh, where like you can increase certain stats or whatnot, but they've changed that now. Um, but yeah, with this, it's like you get, if you level something up to 20, it is a significant like, health increase if you have a health item on or a, a t uh, attack speed or a basic attack increase i mean like. yeah and then and then combine that combine those items right if yeah. i level up the lifesteal item up to level 20 and i'm getting x amount of health on each hit and then i combine that with a yeah. you know seven percent attack speed increase which is doesn't sound like a lot but it is in this context yeah and then you can kind of see how those things snowball on top of each other yeah it, like I, I don't mind it too much right now um, because I think eventually, depending on how serious I want to end up being with this game, I can um, I'll, I'll be able to figure that out uh, at the end of the day with uh, what do you call it? You know, like the, like the more league you played, you got better runes, you leveled up, you got that stuff. Um, right. So yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So it depends. Like if I'm if I'm gonna be playing this consistently, um, then I'll eventually get there. It won't be a problem. But uh, for for what it's worth, I'm enjoying it. Um, it yeah, it is, it I is am. A lot of fun. I am I, too. I I actually find myself wanting to play it. Right, yeah. not just like, hey, I'm sitting down. What I'm going to play? Oh, I'll play this. I am thinking about it and getting excited to potentially play with a group of guys, you know, and set a time and set a yeah <laughs> a play date of sorts. Right. I, yeah, I, so, I wish. I wish I had streamed out that one night we did play, um, yeah. because I, I, we just threw it all together really fast. I was like, "Hey, let's just play Unite," and then you got uh, you got uh, two of our friends together really fast, and so we had a group of four, and it, like it was so much fun steamrolling. Uh, yeah, we were steamrolling. Uh, I, I don't know if that will still hold up, but it right. was it was. There's nothing like wrecking an enemy in a MOBA just consistently. And, and the one thing to remember about this is that because it is on the Nintendo Switch, we are definitely, we were definitely ruining little kids' nights, Yeah. right? Like, the way we were beating some of these teams, you could tell that, one, they had no idea what they were doing, so they're just not used to the concept of a MOBA mm -hmm. in, you know, in general. And two, you could tell that they didn't know what they were doing because they never surrendered. There is a surrender option. And they just completely got steamrolled. I mean, we had a game where, you know, I took a screenshot. I had a game where we won 1,200 to 150, something like that. <laughs> I had and one like so, that too. Yeah. And so the other thing about this game is that it, there is a snowballing effect as well. I think there's some balance issues that need to be done, mm -hmm. uh, especially on the experience gain. 
because if you're getting wrecked early on, it becomes really hard to catch back yep. up. The other thing yeah. is Zapdos needs to be toned down a little bit because right now a lot of the games are kind of falling into, unless you're steamrolling hard from the beginning, mm -hmm. a lot of the games are turning into, okay, who got Zapdos? Because it doubles the amount of... Um, it doubles the amount of points bubble. and it makes the, yeah. the, the dunking of the points instant. Um, so there's no yeah, charge of time. Okay. And so you just can't interrupt people. So you basically have to try to keep them out of the zone. But, yeah. I mean, you're going up against a speedster. They're going to leap over you or dash past you. Yeah. And, and so, like, uh, it, it's interesting because, like, you could definitely see the meta play. Like, you could, you could see a small meta uh, starting yeah. to form. Like, I mean, there's already tier lists out there. Yeah. Uh, and when I saw that tier list and I saw Venusaur was C. Uh, I was like, I was like, this list is wrong. I was like, Venusaur is S class. <laughs> he is amazing. And this always happens yeah. to me. I find, I find like a, a champion or a Pokemon, uh, whatever you want to call them, that I really like. I really enjoy playing. And then they're just like bottom of the tier. Of the I mean, tier I'm list. like that with, I'm like that with fighting games, right? Yeah. Is I find somebody that I like, and it's usually just because I like either their aesthetics or the voice acting or the background of the character and then I stick with them even if they're a low tier character. Yeah. I I mean for sure it feels like there are some characters that are maybe too strong and it's hard to say that when the game just released, you yeah. know, this past week and people are still getting used to the characters, but I've never been in a match where somebody who was competent and they were playing Gengar where they didn't absolutely dominate the competition. Yeah, I, I just saw an article right before we started where it was like, Pokemon Unite has a Gengar problem. Yeah, and it seems like he is very, very strong. It's not just him being strong and dealing out a ton of damage. He also is very elusive, which makes him very hard to kill. And it's not... He's elusive in a way that doesn't seem to require much skill, honestly. Hmm. And I mean, I, you know, the game just released and they are going to tweak it, you would imagine. And it is going to come to mobile as well. So the player base is only going to get larger. And the one thing I yeah. will say that I'm that I'm really enjoying about this game is that each match is only 10 minutes. They're on a timer and the queue times are nothing. You are yeah. constantly getting it back in. So it very much has that. All right. One more game, one more game, one more game, which is a, a good thing. Yeah, and it's very easy to get into. Like you can, like, I wish they um, didn't gate quick uh, a quick match um, behind. Like I think it's like level six or seven, like that. Yeah, because it takes some time to unlock. Because those are five minute matches, and those are like the perfect bite size matches. Um, because yeah. what I I found myself in a rhythm of doing like uh standard matches or ranked matches and it's 10 minutes after 10 minutes and you're just like okay another one another one another one and like two hours go by and you're like what, yeah what did yeah. i do with my life <laughs> but you're yep. like it was fun. i agree 100 percent um so a game run game runs well uh in docked in handheld i found that i would have whenever i would start up a new session like uh pick it back up i'd have to go into a match and just go into settings and like change the frame rate to high and then it would play great. I think it drops down to like 30 when you're playing in handheld, but you could bump it up to 60 uh, as well. And uh, Once I did that, I was fine. I just wish I didn't have to repeatedly do it. It didn't even drain the battery that fast either, so I'm not sure why it wasn't a default option. Um, I don't know, yeah, strange. But, yeah, I agree. It runs yeah. It runs well yeah. on the docked. And I, it looks I, great. I mean, it's yeah. it, this is a... I love this game. Like, I know it's just like I, I 
it's kind of made for me and targeted towards me, right? I love MOBAs. I love yeah. Pokemon. It's peanut butter and chocolate, right? They mm -hmm. go great together. Granted, I don't know yet what the legs on this are going to be. Now, they've already released today a new Pokemon, and that's going to be part of it is releasing new characters consistently. Who did but they release? Also, uh, what's her name? Gardevoir or its name? Oh, okay. Yeah. And the other thing is that it is, at the end of the day, a very simplified MOBA. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Like you said, there are strategies forming. There are metas yeah. forming. But it is much simpler to pick up and play than other ones are because you don't have to worry about the creep waves or the towers yeah. and stuff like that. And the map is smaller. And the matches themselves are shorter. And so that simplicity can sometimes hurt a game like this because it can become just the same thing over and over again, right? And so that's the one thing I'm a little bit worried about is the fact that the gameplay is as simple as it is. And, you know, granted, we'll, we'll see. The game just came out. So far, I'm having a great time. And I highly recommend it for anybody who enjoys MOBAs and has a Switch, who likes Pokemon and has a Switch, or is interested in trying out either of those two things, right? And dabbing in either of those two phenomena. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me get into I, I, the I actually have one last thing Pokemon related. I forgot to add okay. it to my list. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest was last, not last week in the weekend oh, before. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. They had like, wrote, wrote, like if you haven't been playing Pokemon or attended any of the Go Fest, I think last year they did, they finally started doing like remote um, events because of COVID. And they had like global goals, like you, like in this hour, if you do this, you'll unlock maybe like three X candy uh, for per catch or something like that. Uh, it's really cool. You get a chance at a lot of shinies uh, and stuff like that. Uh, the first day was like region based unlock, so they had um, Chata and Sock, who were like region exclusives available to catch. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a fun, cool thing. I just wish they would do something about their combat system or <laughs> make it a bit more exciting. Uh, but it was cool. They, um, they introduced quests, like choose your adventure quest-based stuff in Pokemon Go. So like you get quest line. And so it, this was like you're putting on a concert uh, for GoFest and like you could choose between Popstar Pikachu or Rockstar Pikachu. And then like you choose that and it'll give you a different quest line based off that. So they're doing interesting things with that game. Um, that definitely, you know, if you enjoyed Go back in the day, definitely uh, pick it back up. It's a lot of fun. All right. Like I said, the games I've been playing, I might have mentioned that on the podcast before, but I started playing Psychonauts, the original, because it's one of those games that I just missed in my history of gaming. And I was thinking about it today. Why would I miss something like this, which is right up my alley? And I realized that this game came out in 2005, which is my, my sophomore, my second year of undergraduate. And that's the time where I was probably, you know, playing games kind of the least and had the least amount of money. And also it wasn't, people need to remember, it was much harder. It was much more effort, I should say, to go out and get games, right? It wasn't one of those things where like, oh, I'm in the mood for this. Let me just, you know buy we, it we have, digitally what we're saying it. is we have money now <laughs> yeah i mean that's the bigger thing yeah. but even just the convenience factor right there yeah. are games that in the past i would 
research, read as many reviews as possible, then go out and buy it versus giving something a flyer and just trying it on a whim because I can download it right now, you know? And so I played through that. I absolutely loved it. It definitely is dated and shows its age in the camera a little bit and how it controls and just the feedback you get from the combat. Love, love, love all the characters. Love the story itself. The villains are so-so in it, but I finished that game and immediately wanted to know what happens next and where we're going next. And there's so many things that they introduce and hint towards that they don't touch again in the story. And so I was listening to an interview with Tim Schafer of Double Fine, and he was talking about how, yeah, some of those seeds that they planted in the first one should come to fruition now in the second one. And the second one releasing next month and being available on Game Pass, I'm very glad that I played this game first and, and finished it in anticipation of that. I'm actually tempted to go ahead and get that VR only game oh, that yeah. kind of bridges the gap between the two. Um, especially since I looked up, it takes two hours to beat. Okay. And so, yeah. How so. long was the original Psychonauts for you? I think it probably took me like 12 hours, 13 hours, oh, something in that range. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't too long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. What I will say is that I think gameplay wise, it starts off kind of slow. Actually, the first couple of areas that you go into aren't the most interesting in, in my opinion. I think that's, that game is very strong the second half on and where I was having the most fun and where they introduced the quirkier characters, actually. I think that's what it is. You get introduced to much more interesting and quirky characters. And for people who don't know, the whole concept behind it, the levels are you going into people's psyche. So you're actually going into their mind. And there's an area of the game, this game is from 2005, so I can talk about it a little bit, I guess, without spoiling, without worrying about people being spoiled. Uh, but there's a area of the game where you are going into the psyches of patients at an insane asylum. And so you can imagine how, depending on the different issues they have, and that's the other thing is that this game, even in 2005, actually tackles mental health in a way that is funny yet still respectful, right? Doesn't diminish these, because every single person kind of has something mentally that's holding them back, whether it's inferiority complex, whether it's jealousy, whatever it may be, right? And Psychonox does a great job of not only visualizing it and representing that in a level, but also having a ton of humor and respect for those um, issues. So I'm very, very excited to see what happens with Psychonauts 2 and see where they go. And I've already been excited. I think the game, what we've been shown so far, looks great, right? I mean, granted, it's not hyper-realistic visuals. It's a certain art style, but I think it looks very pretty there's, and I'm very excited. I don't so think there's, I've seen anything else in games, in gaming in the last couple of years that's looked like what Psychonauts 2 looks like. Uh, and the yeah. previews dropped, I think, maybe two, three weeks ago uh, with hands-on previews from uh, various sites. Mm -hmm. It just seems like everyone's very high on it. And, yeah. and I think what benefits you is I think it takes place, it start, the game starts off a couple of days after the first one. So you got your story yeah, I mean, that, that you're digging yeah. right there. Uh, I but, mean, that first game yeah. leaves off on a cliffhanger yeah. of sorts. Uh, I mean, it's a satisfying game on yeah. its own, but... Yeah, you just reminded me I had this in my mental backlog of like, hey, I need to get through this before the end of August. 
before two comes out because I really want to play two, uh, but I want to play the first one um, before that. And then I play Final Fantasy fourteen. So um, <laughs> maybe fourteen goes on the back burner for a little bit, and I played through Psychonauts yeah. this week. Uh, the next game I want to talk about is I finished It Takes Two. Now I know mm. I had been streaming that on my personal channel, but my son and I decided that for the last little bit, we knew we only had three levels left. Yeah. And so for the last little bit, we were just going to sit down one day and, and play it and finish it, not worrying about streaming or anything like that. And so we did. We finished it. That game is very, very good. Everything that everybody has, taught, has said about it is correct. I do think that I wish I had gone into it realizing that it was a longer game than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. I also think that the final four levels or so, the back half of that game, are paced much better and don't overstay their welcome the same way that some of those earlier levels do. The earlier ones are really long. Um, like, yeah. They just keep going and going. Yeah. And so I also think that, well, you haven't finished it yet, so I don't want to talk about it yeah, too I much. Need, but I need to reach out I, to This game is very much pitched as a game about divorce, and I don't think that's actually what this game is about. In my opinion, I mean it's partly about that, but, um, but yeah, I really really enjoyed it. I, I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in it. We need more games that are co-op focused. I think part of the problem for me is with what took me so long with playing this game is that again I chose my son as my co-op partner, <laughs> which means that I was at his whim for when we you know and his will when we would play. Yeah, and. You know, I, I mentioned this before, is he's more excited to play games with his friends than he is to sit down with me for, you know, six hours, eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours, the however long this, this game is. Yeah. You'll see one day. So, You'll see. Can, can I take a guess <laughs> at the ending of this game? Sure. It's going to be wildly wrong, but uh, I just, I just yeah. want to say this because uh, mm-hmm. the dad jokes are coming from within me. So at the very end of the game, um, the parents get back to their bodies. And then they're like, we're, we're going to get divorced. And the little girl's like, but we're family. And then Dominic Toretto arrives. And he's like, Did somebody say family. <laughs> and then the music right. starts playing. <laughs> well, this game is still fairly fresh. So I will neither confirm nor deny uh, in an effort to avoid spoilers. <laughs> Dominic Toretto. You right. have seen so, the Fast and Furious movies though, right? Yeah, yes, yes, I okay. do know yes, <laughs> yes. that he is all about family. I am a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. I haven't seen F9 yet, but... Okay. Um, but yes, yes. I... Let's go ahead and talk about The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Should I, should I, uh, we mute you for this, or... Um... No, you gotta mute everything else. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's, I gotta mute uh, everything yeah. else. <laughs> So I sit down, I'm very excited to play this game. Me being an attorney in real life, I decided that, you know what, if I'm gonna do this, if I'm gonna stream this out, then I'm gonna wear a suit. I'm gonna wear what I would wear to court, although I normally don't wear the blue one to court. Ah, it's neither here or there. But I'm gonna wear a suit, I'm gonna have a legal pad next to me, and I'm going to take all of my notes as we're going on in the legal pad and annotate it and abbreviate the way I would for a case if I was actually sitting there listening to uh, direct or cross-examination and make little highlights and notes on it and treat it the way I would a case. I also would talk about kind of the differences between the game and how my normal 
day-to-day cases would go. And so that's what I did. Sat down in my suit, put on the switch, put on my headphones, and that's where I made the mistake. (laughs) Is that the switch does not have an option to output audio to headphones and to speakers the same way that the other consoles do. So, I streamed this game for almost four hours, had a decent number of people watching, and at no point that, oh, the other thing is, this game doesn't have any voice acting, really, outside of a few, like, you know, objection or just quick spurts, but for the most part, it's all, yeah, sound bites, it's all text, so I'm reading and narrating the entire game, which I thought, you know, it's better than me sitting here silently while text is scrolling across. For almost four hours, there is no audio from the game being fed to the stream. Even though it's just like background and dramatic music and, you know, stuff along those lines. There's none of that. And nobody says anything to me. And so today when I sit and (laughs) check the stream just to check and make sure my mic levels were fine, I see that it is almost four hours of silence and me narrating. It's just my voice for like four hours. It is so <laughs> embarrassing and awkward I'll... and and like also kind of boring, right? In that, you know, I try my best, obviously, mm-hmm. to read with some enthusiasm at parts. Although you could tell at the end that I was getting tired. I, I okay, so... I was at a dinner last night, so I had the stream on with no volume on, and I like, I, I would, I was just chiming in. I was like reading the text and like, at times and just like commenting in the chat. I eventually got home and I turned on the stream and I was watching it. Did not realize the game audio wasn't there because you're <laughs> you're reading it, but like because I played the Ace Attorney games in the past, like I yeah. could. You ever have that like where you can just hear it, but there's actually yes, nothing happening? Right. I could hear like yeah. the, like the jury murmuring. I could hear just like the, yeah. the like the prosecutor going, <gasps> like you know, like you know and what, you point it, out the fact. <laughs> what made me go and check the stream was actually I was talking to my mom, and yeah. my mom was saying how you know it was very interesting and like what was that? And I was like, oh, it's it's the game, like blah blah. And she's like, oh, that whole thing is like the game. That's what it is. And I was like, yeah, well. Obviously, it's a different style of game. It's visual more visual novel. novel. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, yeah, let me take a look at the stream and stuff like that. <laughs> and then the moment I heard it and I realized, I immediately knew what the problem was. Obviously, a dumb mistake on my part. I was, I was like, <laughs> I went pale in the car. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. I just can't. And then... I start messaging like everybody who was that I knew was in the chat. I'm like, how could you not tell me? And everybody's response is, oh, you know what? I didn't even, I didn't even think, like, I didn't even no, think about it. Like, I, I, even, I, I was like, like credit to you. I was still entertained. Like, I was. Oh my god. Like, like you had your, you had your attorney voice. You were like <laughs> writing notes. And we're, like you're going over the evidence and like pointing things, pointing things out. And I was just like. I was like, no, I was there for it. I was like, I was like, no, this is this is this ain't this ain't bad. I like even made a poll <laughs> during the, yeah. your stream at the end. I was like, it's like, would you hire Rob as an attorney in real life? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what what are your I thoughts? Asked, I asked my, 
I asked my oh yeah, I'll get yeah. to that. Actually, yeah. that's probably more important. But I even asked my wife, and she's like, she was like, oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird <laughs> that like <laughs> it was just you reading. She's like, oh my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> I yeah, I like the I like the game so far. I I actually yeah. started the stream yesterday, mentioning the fact that I've played probably like four hours of the first mm -hmm. Phoenix Wright because I had the trilogy on the 3DS when that trilogy released there. And I don't know what took me off of it, but I had enjoyed it. But three hours in those games, as you'll find out if you watch the stream, isn't a, a long time in, in those games. And so, but playing it yesterday, I really enjoyed what I was playing. I mean, if it wasn't so late, I probably would have kept going. Because that first case is, is very long. Yeah. And so I probably would have kept going and finished that first case, but I was just, you know, tired and the energy was was waning and I was having realizing that there was times where I was just zoning out and not reading the stuff. So there are times where it's really just silence on that stream. Uh, anyway, but yeah, no, I really like it. I want to continue streaming it. Yeah, I like I'll, doing I'll, the whole. I'll join you in the for the future ones. Yeah. I'll, br I'll bring my professional. Um, Voice acting, I, I can do old people really well, and that's about okay. it. Um, that's fine. I'll, I'll do old people lines. Uh, Sounds good. I would yeah. love if we had like a whole group of us that could just do the voices for all the different characters and stuff we like just that. That'd be just a fun. Just cast, just like yeah, start exactly. hiring people. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, then, I really, really Capcom like it. Will, <laughs> Capcom will uh, release the work print edition of <laughs> the great Ace Attorney. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And the first four hours of it has no background music. So I really liked it. I'm going to continue streaming it, and I'm going to continue playing it. That that collection is two games, right? It's two games, yeah. 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 It's only $40. So, I ended up yeah. picking it up yesterday. I was like, it's 40 bucks. That's, that's insane because yep. they're probably really long games. Yeah. And so we'll uh, – sorry, my lights just flashed. I uh, – We'll see what happens after I finish that first one and see if I'll go straight into the second one or maybe take some time and come back to it. I will say that it is not the most comfortable thing to stream for four hours in a suit. Yeah. So, but I'm committed to the bit, so the suit will always be there. <laughs> the last game I want to talk about is the best game I played in the past two weeks. And Just that's the two weeks? That, or, or honestly, it's one of the back. best games. I've, it's one of the best games I've played this year as far as new releases is concerned. And that's Death's Door, which is a Zelda-like game. A lot of hype was uh, behind this game was that this game was being made by two people. Now, while the studio is only two people, there is some of the artwork and stuff that's been outsourced. Regardless of the fact, it's a very small team that made this game. You play as a crow and basically in this world, crows are reapers. And they reap the souls. And because of that, they're able to live forever. And the game, well, I don't want to spoil any of the game because it is fantastic. They just released. But that's the basic premise. You have light attacks. You have a heavy like charge attack. You also have a ranged attack. And like any Zelda games, you get more abilities as you go on. And every time you kill an enemy, you get a couple souls. And then you can 
turn those souls in to get upgrades for yourself in the form of, you know, more attack damage, faster attack speed, faster dodging and rolling. And what's the other one? And more ranged attack damage. Any magic like skills or anything? Well, so that's the range our attacks are considered the magic skills okay. or spell damage. And so everything about this game I thought was fantastic. I think it's the perfect length. I think I beat that game in seven and a half hours, but only at 70%. There's a ton of secrets if you want to go exploring, items that you can collect, uh, upgrades for your health and your mana, essentially, how many times you can cast spells. The game's also cool in the fact that one of the things I really liked is that your mana, which is how many spells you can cast, refills on every successful melee attack. So fights are very much this dance of going in, hitting one or two times, three times if you can get it off, rolling out, doing some range damage, getting back in, doing melee, rolling out. And the way you tackle each boss encounter also varies and is different. I also really, really like the art style of this game. I think that there are so many small details that I appreciate it. Like I said, you are a crow in this game and the elevators in this game and in the dungeons are giant bird cages, right? Like those are the little touches that I appreciated. The characters are well-written funny, interesting. Everything around the game oozes style. Like, I don't know if you saw kind of the font that they use in the game, but they use this big, like, gothic font in uh, many areas, in introducing enemies, in new levels, and different secrets, and it is just, man, it's so cool. And like I said, because it is only a, you know, six to eight hour game, if you just streamline it, it feels like the perfect, perfect length. And I would play so many more of these types of games. I will play whatever they want to release next in this style, 100%. It almost has a tunic-like feel, to look and feel to it. But yeah, it is. It, more unique art style. Yeah, also, it doesn't, where Tunic is very Souls-like, this is not Souls-like. There's no dropping of the currency that you're holding when you die. You do die a decent amount of time, mm -hmm. but it does not punish you the same way that uh, Tunic does. I will say that you are also opening up, you know, shortcuts as you go through the map which is, you know, not unique to Dark Souls. I mean, past, like I said, this is very much a Zelda-like, past Zelda games that had stuff like that. Yeah. And so I really, really, really like this game. I think it's $20, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Damn, I gotta pick this up. This, uh, so I, I think my boss was talking about this to me all week because he's like, this is all he's been playing. Um, and he said it's like he's like it's kind of like Dark Souls, but he's like it's challenging, but not like overbearingly difficult. Um, what would you would you agree with that? In terms of difficulty, uh, yeah, I would say that. Yes, I would say that there are parts of it that are difficult. It's very much 
you decide how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. The game tries to teach you how to approach these encounters and also try to teach you the biggest lessons you can learn, which is very similar to Dark Souls, is don't be greedy. Get the hits you can get in and get out, right? And so most of the encounters, I will say that if I died, then I beat it on the next time out or the time after that. There are the last two boss fights that I handled. That was not the case. (laughs) And I wanted to rip my hair out, but it was very much just learning the patterns and being patient. I mean, at the end of the day, like patience is what's going to get you far and successful in this game, not rushing things. And, you know, I finished the game at like 1.30 in the morning. So I was kind of at that point where I was trying to rush it. But I knew I was at the end, so I wasn't yeah. going to go to bed. So I finished it. It, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend this game. I think this game is going to be in the talks for game of the year. I think at the end of the year, we're going to be seeing this game get nominated for a bunch of different uh, game awards. Damn. Both in yeah. art style and and possibly even, like I said, game of the year. I think right now this is my game of the year. Wow. So far. Okay. Trying to think. I mean, we've had a lot released this year, but I think I feel confident in saying that this is the game that I've enjoyed the most this year yeah. and, and, and couldn't stop playing. I started this game and I beat this game two days later, could not stop playing it. Damn. I know um, I haven't uh, beaten it yet, but It Takes Two is like sitting up there for me with just like how much fun I've been having with that variety of gameplay and how well that works. I mean, but, It Takes uh, Two right now is for yeah. sure a top five for me. Yeah. But I, I would take Death's Door absolutely over It Takes Two. <sighs> Rob, there's only so much money I can spend on games. <laughs> There's only so many hours in the day. Man, uh, no, this looks... Uh, yeah, I pulled up the IGN review for the stream. Um, just looking at this, it looks incredible. And so this is Xbox and PC right now? X- yes, right now. I mean, this isn't... And it's, you know, it's not on game. It's, it's not, it's on, not game on Pass. Exactly. It's not <laughs> yes. on Game Pass. When, these days when you hear Xbox and PC exclusive... Yeah you start to immediately assume that it's on Game Pass. It's not, but it is only $20. I am curious at the end of the day to see kind of what the how the business works out for it and if they, and maybe we'll never get this information, but if it would have benefited maybe from releasing on Game Pass first uh, just because of how much exposure it would have gotten. The thing is that I'm not the only one singing the praises of this game. Yeah. And so there's already a, a ton of evangelists for this game. I think this game is going to do just fine. It isn't it will be an absolute crime if this game doesn't sell exceptionally well. Because this is a game that anybody can play, anybody can finish. You know, weirdly enough, I'm always say uh I haven't said this actually in a while. I kind of wish it was on the Switch, um, just with where yeah. my life is going. Uh, but no, I, I'll find time on the Xbox. I might be, just pick this up. Um, but I want to finish Skyward Sword um, before I pick up anything else. I say this. It, it, it's just been... Uh, like I don't know if you, if you feel the f- uh, same way, but like July has had... A lot of niche type releases, like with a great Ace Attorney, a Neo, The World Ends With You, Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to consoles. 
And one of the problems I'm having is like everything is reviewing so well, like and great for those studios and the developers. Like I'm happy for them, but I really wish. Um, I, I, I'm just like, come on, why can't it be a six or a seven? So like, I don't feel <laughs> urge to go out and play it immediately. Um, because like everything this week, like with Great Ace Attorney, like I'm still looking at Neo: The World Ends with You because that reviewed really well, and people are like, it it solved, it, you know, it gets past sequelitis, it delivers a game after so many years that yeah. is just as good. But but and you know, Dead Store was last week, and we have the Ascent tomorrow. Uh, oh my god Friday. i cannot is that tomorrow cannot, or friday it's tomorrow it's tomorrow i cannot <sighs> wait for the ascent cannot wait i i want you to wait for me but i'm so busy tomorrow <laughs> there's no i'm telling you right now there's no way i'm uh, in i'm in there like i'm gonna check if it's tonight i'm in there yeah. tonight and so I, if, if you're gonna be up past midnight let me know i'll, I'll probably join you <laughs> all right yeah i'll hit you up yeah. sure 100 yeah. percent. well I'll, i'm all curious right. to see how that all works all right, let's go ahead and get into the news. All right, what are we starting with? Let's start with Netflix reportedly developing a live-action Pokemon series. So we're finally uh, the article over at <laughs> Fanbyte. With the prospect of a sequel to Detective Pikachu movie seems less and less likely, sounds like a different live-action Pokemon project is in the works, a Netflix series. Variety reports that it's learned a series set in the Pokemon universe is in the works over at the streaming service. Um... There's no specifics on what the show will focus on, but does compare it to Detective Pikachu. I assume that just means that it's live action with CGI, which of course it is. If it's, if it's live action, what do you can do? You're not gonna have practical effects, right? Yeah. Guys running around in Snorlax costumes. Um, it's, it's just it's just it's just people in onesies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and pika, so, pika. Uh, I'm like, there's so much that they can do with this. I mean, I think I thought. Detective Pikachu was much better than it had any right to be. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Granted, it's very much a kid's movie. It's very cotton candy and sugary sweet. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but I felt like it was also a Disney Channel movie. Like original yes, right. movie. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is very much like a Disney Channel original. Um, but that being said, it's kind of perfect for Netflix. Right? Yeah, 100%. like if Pikachu was a Netflix movie, I would have been like, "Oh, that's great," you know. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, not to say uh, that not to say that Netflix movies are. Uh, there's been exceptional ones that belong yeah. in. Yeah, you know, could have went to theater and succeeded, but it's just an easier pill to swallow, right? When you're watching on a streaming service you already pay for. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to talk about because the. Yeah, uh, it, it's there's details just aren't there reports. yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that is I, cool. I'm I'm all for it. I can't believe it's taken so long before someone's thought of this, but I'm glad it's happening. All right, so part of the news that we missed last week is that during the EA Play event that was last Saturday, not this past Saturday, last Saturday, is that right? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I completely forgot it was still happening. Oh, um, maybe. Okay, so it was the 22nd. So it was a Monday, maybe. Anyway. They went over some of the games that they have coming out, but the biggest news and the best news, in my opinion, is that a Dead Space reboot slash remake has officially been announced. And I saw some reports coming out that sources close to it stated that this game is a reboot slash uh, 
remaster where they're going to slash remake where they are going to be taking aspects of all the three games in the trilogy the original trilogy and so basically retelling the events of the first game but not beat for beat right okay and not exact so it is one of those situations where i could see this game coming out it sounds like to me that this game is going to come out and feel very similar to the original game story-wise but maybe lead into the possibility of things changing from there so a final fantasy 7 remake yeah, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, that's not the worst like comparison. Yeah. As it's far so, as it, it, what they're trying it, to attempt. I'm all aboard until Sephiroth shows up on the ship, and you're just like, "What's Sephiroth doing here?" Now, I'm super excited for this because I am a big Dead Space fan. I've played every game. I'm pretty sure I've played every game in the franchise. That being the three, uh, the trilogy that released mm-hmm. the light gun on rails shooter that was on the Ooh. Wii. And the visual, like, novel-esque game that released on Xbox 360 Arcade, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, You're in there. I mean, I'm not not just that, but I also have read two Dead Space novels. Uh, and there's a ton, a ton of lore in the Dead Space universe. There's so much they can do with it. I'm happy that it looks like they're going back to Isaac as a protagonist, but they didn't have to, honestly. They could go even before he gets into it, do some of the novel stuff, the extended universe stuff, where we one of the novels I read was basically the finding of the first marker Ooh. and why, like, you know, Altman, Altman be praised or praise Altman, whatever the, the phrase is that's in the game, like, who that is and why that... It's... If I'm not mistaken, the whole lore about behind the religious aspects of dead space and altman in in general is altman wanted nothing to do with this and was actually a victim Mm -hmm. of the circumstances of the first marker and stuff like that but then became a martyr of sorts for this that's just you you are (laughs) you are the only person that i know that remembers the story for dead space not saying Uh, bad i remember really enjoying them but i remember marker i don't remember the protagonist's name (laughs) yeah Um, what's the name of the ship uh ishimura yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm no, pretty um, sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it's um what I what I always liked about Dead Space is it always felt adjacent to um aliens in my mind of like Yeah. So uh, it it very much is the alien and aliens vibe, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. there is a little bit of like claustrophobia claustrophobia, which is very much what the original aliens kind of you know, um, their whole vibe, but also the action of aliens. Also, it feels like, like a resident evil game, right? A survival horror game. And that, while still being unique in the way the combat actually unfolds and having that plasma cutter and having to basically dismember the limbs of the enemies. I mean, this is one of those games where as much as I love it, I had kind of like, forgotten about it realizing that we were never going to get it thinking we were never going to get another game and being sad after that third one even though i don't love the third one i think it's a fine co-op experience it's just not as good as the first two mm-hmm. uh, me thinking that the second one is kind of the best mix of the two is i mean feel like ea franchises kind of have this thing where even with mass effect i think the second one is the right sweet spot yeah but 
I am so excited. This may be my most anticipated game after Halo Infinite now. Uh, we have no details on when it's actually going to get released. Oh, some details? Yes. Okay. And so it really much is just that it's coming. And the one detail that he did mention is that it is coming to next-gen consoles only. So this will be a PS5, Xbox Series, and PC game release only. No PS4, no Xbox. Which makes sense considering we don't have a date and we are getting close to that to that threshold of... Granted, I think the pandemic kind of shifted things over, but I anticipate... 2023 that we're not going to be having many if any games releasing on the prior generation yeah um although i mean who knows you know the, the business may say otherwise but no, it, and it, actually actually you know what speaking of business let's go over to this story this one was actually came out today i believe despite short supply the playstation 5 is sony's fastest selling console ever Company says it cleared 10 million units sold in 249 days. PS4 sold 10 million units in 271 days. So we're talking a little less than a month difference. So it, it it's selling faster than the PS4, not by significant amount, but that's also because there's supply constraints, right? Could you imagine? And also, who knows? There's something to be said about the fact that because it's hard to get, it also makes it more desirable if they're just laying around on the shelves are there people that maybe would have hold held off for a price drop but because it is kind of hard to get and there is this hype behind it uh there's more people jumping on board mm -hmm. um yeah. so, uh, so uh, there are some interesting tweets around this stuff this morning uh steven totillo i think of axios now of he tweeted out going uh and he was talking about like this news of the ps5 selling 10 million he goes Sony also today uh, also said today that Returnal sold 560,000 plus copies. Ratchet and Clank has sold 1.1 million. Given that those are some of the only PS5 only games, safe to assume uh, PS5 owners are A, playing third party games, B, playing PS4 games, C, still looking for the power button, <laughs> or and then a lot of people are like, D, about 9 million of those are probably sitting in a warehouse for scalpers. <laughs> um, because it... I feel I I don't know too many people that have gotten their hands on it outside of like outside of that initial launch period. It it seems still very hard to get your hands on a PS Five. Um, yeah, no, I mean I agree. How many right? How many of these are actually in people's hands is is another story. I will say I don't think it's in this article, but um, but the one thing to note is that. While, yes, it does appear that the PS5 is outselling the Microsoft Series consoles, those consoles are still constantly sold out as well. I think the Series S is a little bit easier to find. It kind of sits mm -hmm. around for a little bit longer. But that Xbox Series X, I mean, it comes and it goes right away. Mm -hmm. So both these companies are doing really, really well. Both really, the industry as a whole seems to be really, really healthy. And I also think think that we are very much wow microsoft would love to sell more consoles than sony just so they can say they sold more yeah. i think their focus is solely on you know the numbers regarding game pass subscribers oh what boggles my mind is like it, it, it's like you said it's like you don't see series x or series like yeah maybe you'll see a series s maybe like available for like five minutes on, on like an online site but 
how far behind uh, like i know microsoft doesn't release their numbers they had they did come out i think yesterday and said it is the fastest selling console um uh, for them uh generation wise um but like how far behind are they because neither console is sitting there on shelves i i I think the latest numbers say that they estimate that Microsoft, these are analysts, so they don't have yeah. the exact numbers, but they estimate that they've sold somewhere around 6.5 to 7 million. And so they are yeah. behind. Now, that will still make it its fastest selling console, yeah. right? Because as great as the Xbox 360 was, and while it sold a ton, it did mm. not sell a ton in the beginning. And it also had those hardware problems yeah. um, fairly early on in its lifespan. The Xbox original did not sell all that well and the xbox mm-hmm. one was almost doomed from the start the fact no. that xbox one sold as much as it did by the end of its lifespan is a testament to that company being able to turn it around yeah that one x and, really yeah really saved them that generation i mean yeah even even yeah. the one s like coming in and changing policies and building studios and kind of building to what we are now seeing the fruits of uh this year next year mm-hmm. or is is what turned it all around for them uh yeah. that being said though the the fact that as hot as the playstation 4 was that the ps5 is outselling that even with these supply constraints it is huge it is massive yeah. and while well, i agree in my opinion i enjoy my series x more than i do my ps5 uh don't get me wrong i think the exclusives on the ps5 have been very good and that controller is cool but I still think that the Series X gets more things right. And there are features, not even just Game Pass, but like, I mean, Quick Resume is amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, but th- both of them are, are absolutely fantastic. And I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- there was some insane number that they, I, I don't know if I have it for Spider-Man, Miles Morales, um, I think it was like 6.5 million copies of that sold or something, which is just amazing. It, it yeah. really is a testament to um, how good those games are and how amazing of a superhero Spider-Man is. <laughs> I mean, like, like I yeah. said, in, Insomniac Games is the best studio that Sony has under its yeah. umbrella, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, and like, it, it just goes to show you like Sony is having... Uh, the best console generation, fastest selling consoles. Microsoft, Nintendo as well is selling the Switch at a faster rate than the Wii was selling. And th- there's a reason like ByteDance and Netflix both want to get into gaming. Like I did, we didn't add on the news stories for this week. Right. But, like th- those are things like Netflix has shown interest in like uh, the gaming sector and uh, yeah. adding it onto their uh, their subscription model. Games are huge. It's bigger yeah. than Hollywood. It's It's been that way for years. And it's, I I'm surprised it's taken this long for other entertainment industries to realize that. And it's so funny because I I remember a talk maybe 10 years ago, before the release of the PS4 and the Xbox One, where mobile gaming had grown so big, there was talk of that being the future and console games going the way of the Dodo, right? Yeah. And here we are, generation (laughs) after generation, fastest selling consoles. Yeah, uh, speaking of PlayStation 5, since we were on that anyway, PS5 owners now get six months of Apple TV Plus for free. You get yes. it from now through next year. I I put this here just so I can get more people to watch Ted Lasso. So if you have a <laughs> PS5, 
all you need to do is sign in to your Apple account or create an Apple account and sign in. You get six months free. Um, even if you are an existing subscriber, I'm an existing one. I got it for added on. Fantastic shows. Ted Lasso is amazing. Lots of things gaming related. Mystic Mythic Quest is a pretty funny uh, comedy. Uh, it takes a little bit to get going, but once it gets there, it's fantastic. Um, All right. The other, the other thing to mention is that this yeah. is exclusive to PS5 owners yep. and is redeemed through the console's dashboard. Yeah. Um, other, other thing to point out, too, if you are also a Target Red Circle, I think, if you have a Red Circle account for Target, you can also uh, get, I think, four or six months from them and also get uh, Apple Arcade uh, for six months from Target, which I just did and redeemed. So I'll be playing some more Apple <laughs> Arcade games and, uh, for the rest of the year. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the biggest story the past couple weeks first, because I'd rather end this week's podcast on a little bit of a lighter note. I, I did add one more delay that was Sony re- related, if you want to. Uh, just oh, yeah. One. I saw yeah. this today, too. I was a little bit, yeah. I was actually bummed out, cause this one, although it gives me time yeah. to play other games. Yes. Uh, good call. Let's put this in there. So, Kenna Bridges, Kenna Bridges Spirits delayed once again into September 2021. I think two weeks ago on the podcast, we mentioned this game, and I think I accidentally called it Bridges of Shadows. But oh. uh, Kenna Bridges Spirits delayed. Um, it's being delayed a month. So, has been delayed a month to polish the game across all platforms. Ember Labs developer wrote in a statement posted to Twitter. Now... The one thing I didn't see when I was looking at this earlier is... Okay, yes, here it is. So the, that puts its new release date at September 21st. Um, I mean, I'm, we've talked about this before. If a game needs to be delayed, it needs to be delayed, right? Uh, especially if it is for something as minor as just a little bit extra polish, which I feel like polish usually in turn means bug fixes, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like they're... <laughs> Just rough uh, raising the, right sometimes, exactly sometimes it's just like it, it's general feel of the game like i wish i think jedi fallen order in a game in recent years it was just it released the game itself was, it was a good game it could have been like great slash amazing had it just gotten like six more months in in the oven just to like smooth out some of those rough edges um yeah i don't think i disagree it's one yeah. of those things where like the witcher 3 as great and fantastic as that was mm-hmm. its movement was not great. I, I thought it was fine, yeah. but they implemented that, you know, slightly the, different walk yeah, style the, later on. The Witcher 3 you could play today is much different than the Witcher 3 you played at launch. Yeah. And it's only gotten better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, t- t- I think, like, generally just looking at even, like, the tweets and stuff, take your time. There's more than enough to play. Um, no one, I don't think anyone's sitting here going... Well, I have nothing to play, <laughs> you know? Uh, there's a, a ton of releases. I just wish they didn't choose the 21st um, because that's like three days before Lost Judgment comes out. And I really, really hope I can finish that game in three days. <laughs> Again, the problem of too many games to play. Yeah. What a burden <laughs> we carry. I mean, I mean, September is loaded. Like, Tales of Arise, The New Life is Strange. Um yeah, Deathloop. Oh yeah, yeah. Deathloop. Yeah, I'm excited. You're right. Yeah. I mean, September is packed. I mean, we're we're at that point now where it feels like every month has things I'm looking forward to, and when I say things, I mean like four or five games. And so, wasn't COVID supposed to stop video games from happening? Like, yeah. what happened to that? 
all right, so let's get into the biggest story. I think uh. you mentioned it earlier on. I know, I know. It's one of those things where like we had, I want to say, what was it? Um, two years ago, right around the height of in the beginning of the Me Too movement, where we were getting report after report of allegations against developers or voice actors or composers or like people high up people known people in the video game industry then we get reports about the culture at ubisoft right yeah. and they have like an internal investigation and and now we've gotten reports about Activision Blizzard and how it goes beyond even being a boys club to just being a like frat boy culture, you know? Yeah. And the worst, when you think the worst of frat culture, this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about in these reports. It was a week ago, a week and a half ago, where that first report came out about the lawsuit from the state of California against Activision Blizzard for its working conditions and the treatment of the female employees and allegations of sexual assaults. And now we get a report out of, uh, this report's out of Kotaku, yeah. about the Inside Blizzard developer's infamous Bill Cosby suite. And so there is, in the legal filings, there's mention of this Bill Cosby suite, where it looks like developers at Blizzard had a suite at BlizzCon that they called the Bill Cosby suite. Now there's some people saying it was because of ugly sweaters. Right. And that it was an ugly like but there's all there's listen, all the reports that try to downplay all the comments yeah. and the anonymous sources that try to downplay the significance of the Bill Cosby name all sound like BS, right? Because it was after the allegations were already yes. out for Cosby. Yes. So it's like, it's yes. like, in no and way I, do you name it that. Yes. And <laughs> the, all the reports that are coming out is that this was a room that was a, besides being a room where people met to do some kind of besides the behind the scenes networking, right? It very much was like, oh, this is the party room. This is the booze room. This is the, we're trying to take impressionable women to room. Yeah. Right. And they have screenshots of conversations that were going on. And honestly, it's one of those things where like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this and I'm a guy, right? I can't imagine, I can't relate to how women in this industry are, were being treated and how they feel about or, this. Or any industry, it's, to be honest. Right. Yeah, yep. it's not just- Especially, um, yeah. I think, especially in the video game industry, an industry that yeah. we love, right? A, a hobby that we mm -hmm. love that is for everybody, should be for everybody. And don't get me wrong. I, it's one of those things where like, I'm not naive, you know? There's, you look at, and some of it has changed in recent years, but you look back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and there weren't, any people who looked like us up on stage at E3, let alone women either, like let alone women, right? Like it was all 
white males at these uh, developers and at these conferences and stuff like that. And so while it has become more inclusive in that space, it still seems that there's a long way to go before it becomes the kind of place that it should be, right? The kind of industry that it needs to be. Um, this isn't, and the worst part about this is this isn't surprising. I think it was, you know, one of the first podcasts we had back where Race was on and he's a former employee mm -hmm. of Blizzard Activision. And, you know, he talked about it a little bit on the podcast about the fact that, that company and that culture there was toxic mm. and it's one of the worst places he's ever worked at and he couldn't have been happier to get out of there and he actually tweeted after this report came out and said yeah that place absolutely is frat boy culture and it's disgusting and it's getting out of there was one of the best things i could have done I, I, yeah I, I missed that oh yeah he said there's there's no better way to describe the culture at Activision Blizzard than frat boy culture. As a previous employee, I fully support all my friends and employees as they stand up to this garbage treatment. The shit was so bad five years ago, I can't imagine it now. It's time for change. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where he mentions that he supports all the people there. Part mm -hmm. of the reason he tweeted that out today is they actually had a walkout and they have certain things that they're demanding. Essentially, they're pushing towards kind of you know what you would get from unionizing is one of the the things yeah um it's so like i also i also i, I just can't believe this is still happening like these things are yeah. still happening right it, it, like it, how like many it's, how many it, 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 to me it's how do you grow up thinking any of this is fine like it I mean, uh, I, I, I get it for older generations, but even then it wasn't yeah, fine. Right. But like, that is, right. That it's not yes. okay. Like, it, it, I, it, I, was, I do... it was never okay. But like, I understand yeah. like there was that boys club culture and that yeah, was I'm the norm. Sure, and that I'm has sure there been, are things. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are things I have said jokingly, mm -hmm. right? In my past when I was much younger that today would come off as misogynistic. Oh, that would come I, off as sexist, you know, yeah. stuff that like I would, I would smack my son if i heard him saying that right I, not that i, I not that I, I hit my son yes i could probably take me in a fight at this point but uh, <laughs> like i and i know like i i look back at some of the jokes some of the things i said in college and but i always kept my hands to myself that that will oh, that was right. my thing like right. uh, you know like if i ever did it, it was in a joking manner and i always hoped it came across that way but it was yeah. never i would never but even what kind even, of person even, you have to be to like threaten right, someone's career, right. your life, put them in that situation, like right? Where you trap? How do you somebody? do that? Yeah. How do you, how do you, have that much sense of entitlement and feel that untouchable? And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. The only way you go into a, a job in a professional setting, and you do these kind of things and you treat people this kind of way, is if it's prolific. Like it has to be all over that company in the higher-ups, like whether it's, you know, actual engagement in these kind of activities or just turning a blind eye to it and being complicit in this stuff. This, these things being able to happen and go on for so long shows you just how widespread it is, you know, because there's no way that this stuff happens. And here's the, here's the 
the the worst part about one of the, not the worst part about this. There's so much that's bad about this, but one of the things is in this article and in one of these chat conversations that they have, and some of these photos that they show, there are individuals from HR. Yes, like they're engaging in this activity, and just goes to show you that there's a lot of times, honestly, maybe most times where HR isn't there to protect the employees; it's there to protect the company, you know, and. If HR is engaging in this kind of, you know, these kind of activities and this kind of stuff, then you that just goes to show that at its core, there's a problem with that at, with that company. And its initial releases and statements were so hollow and empty. And even Bobby Kodak came out and said that. I mean, well, he had to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he had to. But like. How many times do you see a CEO come out and just be like, yeah, well, what the hell is that? Like, I mean, that shows you how, yeah. how bad it is. But also, it's one of those things where, like, don't let that fool you that he came out and, yeah. and said that, right? Because that dude's he, making more money yeah. than... And, and yeah. there's no way the initial statement yeah. goes out without it at least running by his desk. You yeah. Know? Not, but not about something like this. And so that would be shocking if it did um, at the end of the day. But like, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I can't imagine I can't relate to it, what it's, it's, they've it gone through. But yeah, it, it really but the only thing we could do is, 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 you know, we we're only and honestly we're only talking about it right now, so that one our stance is is made clear. But also, yeah. even if I can't relate, like it needs to be talked about. If nobody mm -hmm. talks about it, and if people who it doesn't affect don't engage in it, then nothing's going to change, right? And you know, granted, not that our words have hold a lot of weight, but yeah. It's still one of the things where this can't keep happening. It just can't, you know? Yeah. I, if my daughter grew up and wanted to be a video game developer, there'd be a part of me just knowing these stories. Like, say she was already about to head off to college and pursue this career. There, as, as excited and proud I would be that my daughter wants to go into this industry for this hobby that I, I love, there would also be a part of me that you know, would be terrified of of that happening, and so I uh, sorry somebody same came in interrupted. So like I'm saying, yeah, and so and you know what the the worst you know what is awful about this? There are so many industries that I can say that about, you know, and that mm -hmm. like seeing this stuff makes me sick to my stomach and makes me worry about what kind of future my daughter is going to have. And I will say that I do think that, and maybe I'm being naive in this, but I do think that maybe our generation and generation right after us and stuff like that, it seems to be that they, we, and they understand that this isn't okay. Right? Yeah. I, I can it's only hope that this isn't prevalent and that this does get squashed out as we, you know, get fresh blood in there. But it's it's one of those things where when someone feels the the problem is that when someone feels like they can get away with something, they will do it. Yeah, right. 100%. And so 
at the end of the day, it is the responsibility of the higher ups and to and the the stakeholders to hold these people accountable and implement a, a no tolerance policy on something like this. You know, mm-hmm. there was um, a tweet by one of the video game writer writers, Natalie. I'm not sure what her last name is, but her handle is at Hardemisia. Um, where she where she asked the question, uh, which was like really heartbreaking to see the responses to. It was like to the women and um, developers uh, mutuals mutuals with uh, who have stayed in the industry despite these experiences. Why have you stayed? What makes surviving worth it? And like the type of responses you see, it, it's like one of them was like no clue anymore. Um, some of them were was like. Uh, where was this one? You know, it was about like paving the way for other, other women, like deal with this shit, do what I do, because this, this is what they love doing. But and like, you know, hopefully they could make change while they're in these companies. And so it, it's it, it's just heartbreaking to see like it, that women still have to deal with this day in, day out. Um, and like I said, not just in the video yeah. game industry, right? Yeah. And so... I'm, yeah, like anyway, I yeah, it, it, Riot, Ubisoft, uh, Activision Blizzard. There's probably hundreds, thousands more companies out there that this is happening every day. And you know, I hope those voices are heard. I hope it. It always. The one question I had this weekend was like, what's the point of human resources if it's not to protect the humans? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I told you. I mean. Anyway, yeah. Like I said, I I I don't want to end on such a somber note. So our, our last news story for the week is, and it feels so silly, honestly, transitioning from what we just talked about yeah. into anything else. But here we go. Uh, Valve announces the Steam Deck handheld for PC games. It's a Switch-like Steam portable that allows you to play your library of Steam games on the go. It is running Linux, so there is a basically an extra layer that allows the games to run, uh, your Windows 10 or Windows games to run on this Steam Deck. As far as I know and uh, what they've reported, there aren't, they haven't explicitly said any games that they've had trouble running. It seems like anything they've thrown at it has been able to run on there. Uh, but that's not to say that every game will will run every game going forward i'm sure will run but um there's no guarantee that every game will run the i'm just going to go ahead and read some of these specs that are actually in this thing itself inside the steam deck boasts an accelerated processing unit built by amd its cpu is based on the company's zen 2 microarchitecture and tops out at 3.5 gigahertz the gpu contains eight rdna2 compute units running at up to 1.6 gigahertz and delivering peak performance of 1.6 teraflops. Honestly, I could say all those numbers, you can hear all those numbers, and it won't mean anything to you because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's actual performance on the game, uh, on the system itself. And the important thing is that the Steam Deck itself has a 7-inch screen. Uh, it's an LCD screen with a 60 hertz refresh rate and a 720p resolution. So it is... Um, a bigger screen than the current Switch, but the same size as the Switch OLED, right? That's a seven-inch screen mm-hmm. that we're getting. Yeah, and then um, does have sixty refresh 
60 hertz refresh rate. It's going to have obviously Wi-Fi built in, but it will also allow you to dock it. They're selling a separate dock that is similar to like a laptop dock that will have USB ports and Ethernet port. But you can also use my understanding is you can use any USB C uh, yeah. laptop dock, dock with it, on, yeah. on, yep. which is really cool because they said it's essentially a PC. Like if you wanted, you yes. can delete the so, Steam OS and install Windows and on it. Yes, that's the other thing I was gonna say is that you can install a different OS on it if you wanted to. Um, so you're saying I think the majority of I think the majority of people will keep the Steam OS because of the simplicity, but. So you're saying we should use this as our streaming PC. <laughs> I am not saying that. I will say that the itself, apparently I was reading and listening to a, a couple people who actually got their hands on it. And while it is heavier than a Switch, it doesn't, it feels comfortable in the hand. And they have taken the time for, you know, to make sure that it feels right. I will say that I'm concerned about extended periods of play, considering with the location of the thumbsticks and how high up they both are. Mm -hmm. uh, it does have a it has two trackpads, I believe, that you could kind of yeah. use for mouse-like features. Here's the part that gets me: is it comes in three models. There's the 399 base model, which offers 64 gigs of storage. There are plenty of games out there right now that are larger than 64 gigs, and so while yes, you could play a ton of g games that are in the similar vein to what you would play on a Switch, and they'll probably run better and, and look better on this, the Steam Deck, versus I keep wanting to call it Stream Deck because of you know our use of Elgato products and stuff like that. The Steam Deck, but that is kind of the range you're looking at, right? Is being able to pit maybe three AAA games on here uh, at that base model. Now the next model up costs 529, and not only has a bigger hard drive in 256 gigs, but is also a NVMe SSD. So it is faster storage as well, which means that'll help with your load times and stuff like that. The top tier Steam Deck at 649 includes a 512 NVMe SSD. Now, you can also use a um, SD card in these things. Now, yeah. while you can store your games on that. Just realize that because that is not the fastest storage, you're not going to get the your load times are going to be longer. Um, everything's just going to take longer. Uh, there are some pretty fast, of. yeah. There's there are some pretty fast ones out there. I think like uh, I think if you're using a Steam Deck, you got to give up some sort of convenience for the right. sake of yes. playing a handheld. Yes, right. And I mean, it's very very cool. It's not for me mm -hmm. uh, necessarily just because while i do have a decent sized uh, steam library i there aren't many games on there that i'm dying to play or play on the go and stuff like that i do do most of my gaming on console and the games i do play on pc are mostly game pass games now granted there is a possibility that game pass could work on the steam deck but i'm not going to go out and buy a new machine if i'm if that's what i'm going to use it for when i can just use my phone Right. Yeah, uh, and that's where I fell on this too. I was like, I was like, this is cool, but I can use the uh, the Steam Link app. I think it's Steam Link app. Yes. Uh, on my phone, plug in the Backbone, and I can remote into like. Yes, I'm remoting into my PC, but for me, that works in ninety five percent of the use cases. Uh, so, 
that that being said, if I yeah yeah if I didn't already have a switch, I would absolutely get this because then this would be my like smaller title. I almost said any, but really what I mean is smaller title on the go system. You know, and don't don't get me wrong, there is something alluring about playing a triple A title on a flight, but I like I said, I already have the switch, I have all the consoles. This isn't necessary for me. It is very cool. I will say this, just because I say it's not for me today, doesn't mean you're allowed to throw this in my face if down the road <laughs> I end up buying one. So, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on this because, and one of the things I'm hesitant of here is like this is the first model they're putting out. Yes. I want to see what the support looks like, and right. I also want to see what if they do a second version. What does that second version look like? Yeah. Because. I probably have a lot of nice, um, you, you'll probably address any of the issues they have here. It'll probably have nice improvements. Mm-hmm. You know, just like any Nintendo product, like that second version is like, it's like, ooh, yeah, they, they got it right. <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is something Valve sticks towards. It's not just like release and forget. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope this succeeds. I think it's very, very cool. I think there is cool, space. Yeah. I think there is room in this space for another handheld uh, besides the switch to kind of do what this is doing and so yeah i mean i, I hope yeah. it does well i'm excited yeah reservations are now opened i think it's a five dollar reservation and yeah and they um, are launching yeah. for the people who have already reserved uh at the end of this year in december it looks like it's already being pushed like people are already getting notifications that theirs because they reserved later on are not coming until you know Q1 2022, Q2 2022. So we're already, it's already getting pushed back out there, which is to be expected considering that um, there is still a chip shortage. Everybody's having an issue manufacturing these kind of devices. I wonder if it gets hot. Like, so that's, so that's, so that's one of the things I want to know. I want to see what actual in person, real life use the battery um, time on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think right now, what's, uh, sorry, I clicked out the article. I think they said that it's estimated right now. They said like two to six hours. Is that what they're giving? I, I think, I think that's uh, what I read as well. Um, also depends on the game. Like if you're going to yeah, be playing so control thing, on right. this thing, <laughs> I don't expect it to last more than two hours. Yeah. Right. But that like, oh man, that being said, that's where it really becomes if I was traveling a lot, then this is something that I would probably look into more, right? Like if I was on planes a lot, because mm-hmm. being on a flight and being able to play a game like Control uh, for a couple hours is, you know, I, very yeah. appealing. But I also like that it has those back buttons, like the Elite controllers yes. do. Yes. Like that. So, I, oh, oh, you know, I mentioned earlier with like Skyward Sword like when I'm playing it in controller mode that it, you know, you always have to hold that L button, but I have the split pad, uh, pad pro controllers. And so I assigned like the left toggle, uh, the, the left button on the back uh, to that. So I just hold that down the entire time when I'm playing. It's, it's, it's a really, it's really neat having those extra buttons. Um, so uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a neat ad. Uh, what I'm curious about is, I wonder what the power draw is like. I don't know if you ever tried playing like a PC game on a laptop um, back in the day. 
where it's just like you have your laptop plugged in, but your battery is still decreasing. <laughs> so like, yeah, if you're, right. If, if, so if you're playing like Doom Eternal or Control and you have it plugged in, like if you unplug it, is it just gonna die <laughs> or is it just you right? Know? Yeah. No, or like I said, you... this is one of those things where I want to see when people get their hands on it what yeah. the general consensus is on something like this. Yeah. Because the other thing that does need to be mentioned is that, yes, while I don't necessarily have a library right now that I would want to put on there and play, the one good thing is that because it is the Steam library, that also means that you have to take advantage of all the Steam sales that go on. And so while, yes, this is way more expensive than a Switch, although has a lot more internal storage already there than a Switch does, uh, the ability to buy so many games at dirt cheap prices. See, now I'm like kind of talking myself into this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need yeah. it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't even really want it. Um, because like, to... Here's the thing for me. If Chances are that if there's a game on Steam I want to play, yeah, there's probably like a 70% chance it's also available on the Switch and, yeah. in some form. Um, right. And I, right. I'll be right. more than happy with that. Have, that's um, right. Have the switch. Don't yes, need, you have. I have the switch. This. I could. I could. If I really want to play, I could play on the yeah. switch. And if I can't play it on the switch, oh. then I'll wait to play it when I'm home. <laughs> I have the switch, and I have those uh, Hori version like Joy-Con attachments. Yes. So it's much more comfortable. So I'm good. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need this. R- Rob, Future Rob, Rob, Future Rob wall- watch your wallet I don't need out. This. Why, why is the card out? <laughs> I'm like subconsciously like not even paying attention, just over here typing yeah. in my reservation. <laughs> For one uh, February 2025. Security code. Anyway, that wraps it up for the news and wraps it up for the podcast this week. Surprisingly enough, it didn't run as long as I thought it would considering that we had missed two weeks. Granted, we didn't cover everything that happened in the two weeks. Just tried to focus on the big stuff. Uh, Yeah, I had a news story on the original doc that was saying... Pokemon Unite releases July 21st, so definitely had to um, clean up some of those news articles, and then I figured we had a lot to talk about in terms of games, so we kept in news light, but we did, I yeah. think I think both of us agreed we definitely wanted to touch upon Activision Blizzard, uh, just yeah. to uh, get that one out there. Yeah. And I anticipate having a lot of games to talk about next week as well, actually, so... Uh, until next week, Bulan, why don't yes. you go ahead and let people know where they can follow you, where they can follow the site? Yeah, um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion, on Twitch uh, over at Night Mystic, and you guys can always follow The Workprint at theworkprint.com. We got a bunch of fun articles going up over there. Um, we also can, you can also follow The Workprint over on Instagram, Twitch, um, Twitter, and Facebook at The Workprint. And uh, just as a quick reminder, we'll be recording next Wednesday f- for the podcast. So audio version will probably go up close around midnight Thursday uh, with the live stream Wednesday night at 9 p.m. As for me, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 across pretty much every social media. Um, and make sure to, to, you know, tell your friends about the podcast, tell your friends about Twitch uh, channel, and to... Keep your notifications on because both of us have actual jobs. Uh, we have, I've got two kids. He's about to have a newborn. So 
we are very much as far as game streaming is concerned on a hey i'm gonna hop on and stream i think i told Bilal 20 minutes before or maybe it was like you know 40 minutes i went and took a shower and yeah. got dressed into my suit before i hopped on that stream last night and if i had scheduled it better and he was actually around maybe i would have realized that there was no audio coming out <laughs> my my, but, my wife goes what are you doing on your phone Got off your phone i was like i gotta do socials for rob <laughs> and she's like okay <laughs> uh, that's great, but um, yeah, I I think let's let's do some more Pokemon to unite. Uh, I don't think, yeah, we actually haven't done it, but like let, let's do that. That's I think that'll yeah, be a lot of 100%. fun. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, we'll grab some friends. We'll see if we get a group of five. We, and just we go also got to get yeah, we also got to get more uh, Mario golf. I am actually going over to Ali's house tomorrow night uh, with race and, and our wives. And there's apparently Mario Golf happening in person. Uh, won't be able to live stream that, but I'll I'll talk to them about let's uh, let's get a stream going for that. We get a four right. man tournament. I hope you I hope you beat them. I, I hope so too. I haven't I haven't played since I've then that I know game. I, then I'll know I'll destroy. Them. Oh, <laughs> trash talk. I, I I was texted as this podcast started uh, to bring pro controllers, um, so I gotta charge those up right after this. Oh, mm. all right. We'll we'll talk after a podcast about controllers. <laughs> did I tell you about? Did I tell you about the controllers? No. What happened with the controllers? Okay. So, all right. Real quick before we end this podcast. So, I got my ID one. Ooh. My Design Lab one. Okay. What's the What's the re- reasoning? So is it Ninja Turtles? It is. Yeah. So you see, I mean, the green, and then uh, based on my opinion of them, is how much real estate they got. So yeah. Donatello being the best gets of all of this back there. Uh, Michelangelo, and then Raphael, and Leonardo gets the D pad because he is lame. <laughs> What's the uh, white? Was it just more? Oh yeah, it just was better yeah. aesthetically than the the other options. Got it. Um, so how many and Xbox then controllers you, does that put you at? Hold on. Here's the other thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> As you know, you know those. You know how they release three Space Jam 2 controllers? There was one of those that I really wanted to get, but I can't justify another controller. Did yeah. you get all three? No, but I got two of the three. <laughs> oh, which which two did you get? I got the Toon Squad one, and I got the uh, Serververse one. I did oh, not get the Toon Squad. Serververse one is so nice. Yeah. That's one, Here's like the, the silvery one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. The like light blue with the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one that... It's like circuity. And yes. I also entered the Nike <laughs> draw to try to get that Roadrunner controller and sneakers. Now, granted, I would have sold the sneakers probably, but I didn't win the draw anyway. So that's a little oh, bit bummed this, out. These controllers are so nice. I'll just uh, yeah. pop this up. So this, yeah, the Serververse one was one I really wanted. Uh, I really like that blue on it. The Gloom Squad one was all right, but uh, yeah, it was just a the funny. other one was nice though. The so Toon that's Squad the one, one. I tried. That's the oh, one that's the Roadrunner one, right? That's the one I tried to enter the draw for. I think yeah. that's the coolest one out of all of them. But I didn't win the draw. Are they actually and selling so, these shoes? They're probably sold out. They, yeah, they sold out. They were, they, yeah. I mean, there's a draw for those shoes and the controller as a package. Oh, and okay. then I think they had a draw later for just the sneakers. But uh, I didn't get, I didn't miss that draw too. Yeah. I, but my, my head friends I would have definitely, heads. I definitely would have held those for like 10 years and then sold them. Yeah. I, I have friends that are sneakerheads and, um, Every time I 
I, I don't have much interest in sneakers. For me, they're like, you, just, you wear shoes, they're meant to get dirty. Uh, so you should be comfortable. Uh, but every time I see a nice pair of shoes, I'm like, ooh, I want to get these. And they're like, they're already sold out. Don't even think about it. You're not going to get them. Yeah, especially um, when it comes to Nikes. I mean, I actually yeah. prefer Adidas. Now this is a whole different podcast. We're talking about sneakers. Uh, but, and uh, so I have four pairs of different Donovan Mitchell sneakers because his nickname is the spider. And so they did a crossover with Marvel. So his colorways are Spider-Man themed. So I have like the amazings, which are the Spider-Man red and blue. I have uh, the symbiote ones. I have the Spidey sense ones. And then I have, I can't remember what they're called officially, but they look like a spider Gwen colorway and they are so, so nice. They're like my favorite ones. They're Donovan. They're Don issue twos, and they're these white and. Oh, and these are. Ones. These are nice. Yeah. Okay, I would. I I completely understand why you would. Like, yeah. But anyway, Ooh. all right. Let's end this podcast and then I'll. I'll Wait, we'll you talk got after the, this. You got the Gwen ones. Yes, they are very nice. Ooh. They are very pretty. They are very nice. I'm oh, you got things. like. For people on the audio podcast, go look up these shoes. They are they are, they are beautiful. They look even better in person. They are, are some they, of the, yes. Are they sold out? I believe so. Damn it! <laughs> I um, when Miles Morales came out, I think I think it was Adidas. They did um, Adidas did the uh, uh, Miles Morales the Jordans. I think, and I was yeah. like, I'm not a Jordans person, but I well, really so, want these. So, so Nike, yeah. that was Nike. Oh, that was Nike. Nike, that was Nike, Nike yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are, and I'm, I am not, like I said, I'm not a Nike person, not a Jordan mm-hmm. one, like Jordan head. Uh, I did want those as well, but yeah. you just can't, you just can't find them I, unless you're gonna pay four hundred fifty dollars <laughs> on StockX. Like I, I, I tried to buy those when uh, they yeah. went up, but. There was no way to add anything to the shopping cart. They were yeah, just gone. no. That that app is the worst thing ever. I'm glad they do a draw system now because it's better. Yeah. At least it feels kind of fair. But before it was just bots. It was awful. Yeah. Anyway, that ends well, the uh, secret sneaker cast. Sneaker cast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, join uh, us next week where we uh, talk about sneakers. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, and that's it. Thank you guys right. so much for joining us. Those who are watching live and those who listen uh the one thing i can ask is that you tell people about it and you keep coming back right especially the podcast is a little different than the game streams the podcast when you're in chat you're mostly talking amongst yourselves and we try to type in responses can't really respond on the podcast itself but the game streams i mean they are so much better when you guys are there talking with me and keeping me company and ask me questions and stuff like that I and so. yes uh, to everyone that showed up to the F one stream uh, and was chatting with me. Thank you. I that was the most fun I had streaming. I, I'm sorry about the shitty uh, stream quality there, but yeah, we'll stream out some more uh, fun stuff. And yeah, um, also I want to stream out. There. And my cousins in the chat actually asking about it. We also need to do a gang beast stream at some yes. point. With we do that one though. We I want to have at least your and I's cams on as well. Because people need to see me laughing and 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 crying. I'm laughing so yes. hard at that game. But, all, right. all right, that wraps it up. Until next time, bye bye, bye bye.